Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One for All. As always, I'm Anna. This is Nancy. And we're here to rewatch and review the anime My Hero Academia. Today, we are still in the OVAs, mm -hmm. uh, specifically the second OVA in season four, which is Make It Do, Do or Die Survival Training Part Two. Um, a mouthful. It is. It's such a long title. But yeah, second part of the OVAs, which I mean, the first half wasn't too bad. I was pretty impressed when you compare it to some of their other episodes that are strictly filler. Yeah, like the weird locked room mystery that made Oh my God, it, it was so bad. Yeah. yeah, these episodes are perfectly fun. They are nothing groundbreaking, but they are definitely, they fulfill the purpose that they were meant to fulfill, which was a way to sort of fill in the gap the sort of longer gap that was in between season four and season five, and to give us another glimpse at some of our favorite characters. And I think that, you know, for all that they're not perfect, that they do a good job with that. Yeah, they do a reasonable job with it. Real context for those who maybe are watching this episode years later, mm -hmm. like these episodes aired during 2020. Season five's release date was further pushed further out because of COVID. And as a result, they were like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? We want people want their MHA. And they were like, we'll give you two episodes and it'll have to be good enough. Mm -hmm. And they were good. They were good. Yes. This year also gave us or that year also gave us a movie. Mm hmm. Which we will talk about at some point. Yes. That we have strong feelings. about. Very strong feelings about. But. We're going to get into it. We're going to go watch the second part of the OVA. We're going to come back and talk about it in traditional fashion. And then we will decide who, who went beyond and whether it was a good episode or not. Because that's what we do. Usually. Usually. Sometimes we just goof. And pass out in the middle of recording. I get tired, okay? <laughs> Sometimes I eat too much pizza and then mm. I go to sleep. That's okay. Perfectly forgivable. Yeah, if you haven't guessed by this commentary, the last time we recorded this episode, like, I was actively nodding off, and it the audio was terrible. I love how that sort of commentary, like, I feel like you're supposed to be sort of, like, you know, ragging on yourself. It makes me look worse for not stopping you. <laughs> it's totally okay. We were trying to get through it. I had had a nice big old pizza. Mm -hmm. I, w I was fat and happy is what I was, and then I was like, I'm not awake yeah, it was, um, let's just say no one is ever going to hear that particular recording of the episode. It's gone into a dumpster. Yes. An audio dumpster. And for good reason. <laughs> but we'll get it right this time. We'll see you soon. And we are back with a long recap. A really long recap, actually. There's a recap of, like, quirks. There's a recap of the first OVA. Um, it is like multiple minutes long, but you know, I get that they're expecting some of the people watching this to have not seen the show or not seen the first OVA, but if you happen to miss the first one, you're probably gonna be fine. Let me give you the TLDR. People have superpowers. They go to school. There's, Do you know that? There's a survival training. It went bad. The water's rising and kids are in danger. There, you're caught up. Yeah, there are actually several um, moments in the my notes here where I just write water, exclamation point, which is a pretty good sum up of the episode at large, actually. We actually linger at the end of the uh, recap on the water coming into the building insidiously unseen. Mm -hmm. Yes. By our students. 
And the first group of students that we really check in with is Deku and Ochako, Momo and Sue. They're helping up Tenya, who, I mean, he is physically present, but he is also very much unconscious. Um, So it's debatable how present he he really is. But the plan is basically to get everyone up the elevators using Ochako's floating powers. They're they're very excited because they can see light, Mm -hmm. which means that the collapse of the building didn't block their exit. Yes, there is a clear escape route, which is great, but not everyone is leaving. Deku actually requests that Momo make a ladder, like for the rest of the class to climb up, and he's actually going to stay behind and look for people. Yep, he is. He points out that other people might be injured, like Tenya-wise, and if he finds anyone, he will direct them to the elevator shaft and the rope ladder, and he makes sure to tell Momo, let the teachers know what's going on, and she says, Aye, aye. Yeah, this is really smart thinking from him. It's good that they are prioritizing getting Tenya to safety, considering he there's not much he can do himself, obviously. Um, but it's good for him to think beyond and to realize that, you know, we have one student in danger. It is perfectly reasonable that other students will need help and to be saved right now. Meanwhile, on another floor... We have Todoroki and Tokoyami. TNT. TNT. I write that, that. I have notes about TNT, too. Basically, Todoroki realizes the power is back on. And clearly this was done by our fantastic electric boy, Kaminari. Um, but he doesn't really think that Kaminari has the smarts to take care of it himself. So we realize that he must have been helped along there. Yeah. I mean, where is Kaminari most of the time? With Bakugo. Yes. Even though someone like he thinks, you know, Momo and Deku, they would have been perfectly capable of figuring this out. But it was probably Bakugo, who was also, for all of his faults, uh, a very sharp kid. It's true. And in reality, the three of them, uh, Bakugo, Kaminari, and Karishima, are, if you remember, on the bottom floor looking for the civvy. The little civilian who's trapped down here. Who, which is actually just a, a, like a crash test dummy. And they find it buried at top of this giant, I don't know, tire of rubble, I guess you can say. Um, and Baka goes like, well, it's time to rescue him with explosions. With explosions. He does look like a crash test dummy because he's crushed. Yes. <laughs> under lots of debris. There is some debate here among the students where coming here is like, is this really the time to be saving a person who isn't really alive? Like, it seems very dangerous to do that considering the building is coming down. Yeah, he points out that, like, you know, we were doing survival training, but now we're in an actual survival situation. Like, it is a real situation. Do we really want to worry about this? And I feel like the show tries to play it off like he's trying to shirk off his work, which is something that is lines up with his character. I mean, he's not really presented as being... Not lazy, but I actually think this is a pretty good comment that that maybe when you're in an actual disaster that you don't worry so much about things that are less important. But, you know, Bakugo makes a point that if this was a real situation and someone was crying for help, we would help them no matter what. And Kirishima is all fired up by this and he is ready for the explosions. He's like, you got a plan, right? And Bakugo's like, of course I do, but you won't get to see it yet. Because we're going back upstairs to the surface where Team Rescue Tenya has emerged into the rubble. And they find Eraserhead. He's just chilling. Yeah. He's like, are you the only people who uh, managed to get out? Is that a thing that happened? So far, at least. (laughs) And then we're back downstairs for the blow it up 
super team. Yep. Bakugo explodes the rocks. Karishima dives in and saves the dummy and is successful. Good job. But in return, the rocks themselves, there's like a cave-in basically situation. And Bakugo has to save his good friend, friend, Karishima from being crushed to death. His battle bud. His 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 good buddy, who we love we love them so much on this show, let's be honest. We do. But all of these explosions, the water's coming in faster now. Yes. Um, and this is something that is uh, picked up on by Todoroki and Tokoyami. They, they feel the blast where they are, like, up a floor. Yeah. There is a lot of moment where Todoroki is like, explosions? Mm-hmm. From downstairs? Bakugo must be down there. Is that guy an idiot? Yep. Uh, pretty much. Um, we have basically this shot where you can see... Team Bakugo wanting to escape through the stairway, and but there's because there's water coming in from all sides, and then water comes down the stairway or an escalator, maybe one of those. Um, like their path is completely cut off, and they are fucked. Yeah, they're capital F fucked. Uh, Todoroki does manage to put together that Bakugo and team are down below because mm-hmm. that's where they would have had to be to restore power. Regardless of the fact that they would, they needed uh, the the booming sounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't explain that well. Well, that's okay. Before we figure out, resolve that little point, there's a lot of different little tiny scenes in this episode. Um, but there's a small, a short scene with Recovery Girl helping out Tenya, which is good. We need to know he's going to be okay. And Eraserhead talking about how he isn't too surprised about what's going on. Like, these are sort of emergencies that he considered that were within the realm of possibility. And he basically encourages the rest of the students to figure out, like, to, to not sleep on the job and to continue to work through the exercise. Yeah, he's like, this is, this is all part of the training, basically. you got to get down there and do the thing. And there's some sort of a vague comment, like, oh, he's made arrangements for, like, these possibilities. But, like, you know, a student could drown. Like, how do you make arrangement for, like... For their funeral. For, for like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this line was thrown in because if it wasn't here, it would be really irresponsible for the teachers to put students in a situation where they could drown and not really plan for how to how to deal with it. But I don't buy it. Nope. Not really at all. Yeah, I mean, what are you <laughs> going to do if they're, like, multi-floors down underground in the water having drowned. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, if you think about it, like it's just him and recovery girl. And they're not, so there's not really a teacher. That's a good type for dealing with this situation. They don't have seal guy on call. Yeah. And it's not like the kids are wearing GoPros or anything like that. So they don't really know what is going on with them. Several stories below. Um, They didn't even know that, Ochako would be able to reach the surface with everyone else. So maybe this is something we just shouldn't think that deeply on. Yeah. This is sort of meant to be a fun diversion. <laughs> the, the creators clearly don't want you to think too hard about it. No, this is for the fun fun antics and superpowers, which we get to see when we get to see Todoroki deal with the all the water by basically creating, like, the aggro crack <laughs> from Guts. This giant, you know, sort of towering mountain of ice. Yeah, he has uh, Tokoyami use Dark Shadow to blow a hole in the ceiling so that he can create the aggro crag and tell everyone to get their butts up here one floor so that they don't drown. Mm-hmm. Which is very impressive. They all managed to get up, which, you know, if you if you watched 
this is a guts reference for people that are our, of our generation. It was very difficult for the kids to make it up to the aggro crag. There were several episodes I remember watching where no one succeeded there. So what's his name? The host of the show, Michael Malley. Yes. <laughs> so uh, Michael Malley would be proud. Kids make it up the aggro crag and then they have a discussion. And they're like, y'all got to get out of here. This water's rising too fast. Todoroki's like, I got the ice. Ice Ice Baby, mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here and slow it down. Yeah. But the majority of the other people there, they basically go on to, to complete the exercise, um, like Kirishima. And so pretty much everyone leaves to go up the elevator, except for Todoroki and Bakugo. We don't realize that Bakugo hasn't left yet. Yeah, it's a little, it's secret. <laughs> it, until they run into Deku, basically, or about this time. Deku's getting cold, and he's like, I wonder why I'm getting cold. Yeah, he figures out, like, Todoroki must be involved with his ice power somehow. But it's like the air conditioner has been turned on. Yeah, he runs into everyone, and they explain what's happened. And Deku's like, oh, shit. Like, that's really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, how is Todoroki going to get out after this? And starts booking it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see, you know, Teen Kirishima go to the ladder, which, or, is, still which is still in the process of being made. I mean, Momo's impressive, but this shit takes time. And they end up climbing up to see. Yep. All safe. All good. But you know who's not good? Bakugo and Todoroki. Yeah. Todoroki has managed to successfully, like, freeze the, the immediate sort of obvious water situation. But Bakugo, who we now we see is still there, he realizes that this is not good like he has only really frozen the water that is on the surface and the water that is beneath that like pressure is continuing to sort of build up over time and as a result there is going to be basically an explosion a collapse it's not good like Bakugo and Deku could have pieced this information together pretty simultaneously yeah Deku's figuring it out while he's running downstairs Bakugo is explaining it to Todoroki Todoroki's like I know bitch mm-hmm. like I'm not, I, I, I've been using these powers for a long time I understand this I, I understand how water pressure works yeah Bakugo makes some comment about how he's stuck around because he doesn't want to owe Todoroki. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that this is pre-licensing exam Bakugo too, so he's still a total asshole. Yeah, there are definitely some moments here and a little later where he acts incredibly immature, but that is because he hasn't really grown yet. Like, this is who he was, you know, back then. So it is he is being completely in character. Yeah. Also, they have a conversation about what the hell they're going to do about this. And we have Bakugo's crazy plan. He's like, I'm going to like blow a hole in the ice. You're going to freeze a portion of this geyser so we can ride it to the top. Like an elevator. Like an elevator. And I will blow up the ceiling over and over again until we get launched. To the top level. To the top level. And Todoroki's like, that's cool and everything, but are your explosions precise enough to make sure we don't get absolutely squished Mm -hmm. by all the debris that you're creating or to make a hole that's not so large that we don't get the geyser and we just get all the water. Yeah, and I think this is a moment where we have, you know, Deku's thought process when he realizes that he's sort of the missing key to this plan. His shoot style is going to be the missing link that will make this crazy plan work. And I get that's what it's supposed to be. But similar to some other plot points in this episode, I also don't really buy that either. To me, having an elevator made out of ice that is dripping with water sounds like it is very slippery and difficult for people to stand on. The idea that this ice elevator would be that stable while there are all these explosions going on 
also sounds like I, I just really don't buy into that. And yes, Bakugo was impressive. Deku was impressive. But this this feels like something like I know this is a cartoon, but this feels Looney Tunes. But they're going to do it. But they're going to do it and we're going to watch it and it's going to be awesome. So Bakugo. No, hold on. Who smashes the ice? It's Deku. Deku. He rushes in. And he's like, I'm going to help. And Bakugo's like, fuck you. And he's like, too late. You know, the pressure is building up. You know, tally-ho, let's create the hole. And uh, they're off to the races. <laughs> yeah, they're off to the races. Uh, Deku smashes the hole. Todoroki makes the ice. Somehow Deku doesn't get left behind at the, the bottom of this. Bakugo starts blasting ceiling. Mm-hmm. I, my notes here are... Smash, rise, blast, kick, rapid fire, because that's what happens in a sequence in which the kick happens, they start to rise, Bakugo blasts the ceiling, it's not enough, Deku kicks the ceiling, and then Bakugo fires off explosions like he is like a a fucking assault rifle. Yeah, it is pretty intense. And in through all all this, we have a kind of a couple of like, you know, cool little fan servicey moments to make sure characters get their moment. Like we have, you know, Deku almost falls to his death, but oh no, he's saved by Todoroki. And we have like, uh, what was it? Kaminari almost falls to his death and oh no, he's saved by Sue. And then we have like a scene at the top where like Tenya wakes up and he's okay and he thanks Momo for being there for him and being a good friend. She thanks him for saving her life. Yeah, but the whole like feedback, like the back and forth between the two and it's kind of weird because Tenya doesn't have his glasses on in this scene and the only thing I can think about is looking at Tenya without glasses how wrong he looks when he's not wearing his glasses. But yeah, it's good fun. (laughs) Everybody makes it to the top in the first group that went up, right? So... Ochako arrives with Kaminiri and Karishima and Sue mm-hmm. and everyone else, and they talk about how Deku is still down there with Bakugo and Todoroki. And in an act of maybe justifiable but also blind faith, Ochako's like, I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, they're good. I mean, think about it. Deku's pretty smart. Bakugo is pretty awesome. And Todoroki, they're great. I'm sure they can take care of themselves. But don't worry. We're going to prepare for their arrival just in case. Yeah, we're not going to go back and get them. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to just trust that they're going to be fine. Fast forward to Deku sprawled out on the ground and... Like, maybe unconscious or half unconscious. Uh, Todoroki managed to get to the top just fine. So Ochako's faith in in Todoroki, totally justified. Like, he just, he's in sort of this ice ball. He melts it. He's, he looks great. You know, like he's, you know, walking the park. Um, He noticed that Deku was, you know, not looking so alive, maybe. And he walks up, wakes him up, and Deku's like, don't worry, I'm fine. I'm just bruised up from the whole situation. I'm just bruised. And I'm sure Bakugo's just, wait, where is he? No, he's pinned under a fucking rock. Um, like his, There's some blood on his leg, and it does not look like a good situation. So they rush over to help him out. But you know Bakugo. He doesn't want anyone to help him, because that means that he's weak and vulnerable, and he'd have to admit to needing help. We, Never. <laughs> we waste four minutes of this episode of the three of them arguing about whether or not Bakugo will accept some help of an elevator shaft because mm-hmm. he can't walk on his leg. And they finally managed to convince him in what is the most obnoxious way possible where they're like, listen, we know you you play a, play a big game. Mr. Bakugo, but we know you stayed behind to save everybody and you got the emergency power on to help everyone else. Like, 
you act like a big douche, but you're not completely. Like, let us help you out this once. Yeah. And then he demands that Deku be his cane. Yes, because that is the only way that he can foresee, because he's not accepting help at this point. He is using Deku as, you know, a walking stick, basically. But it is, you know, a good that they do point out that with all of the craziness that's been going on, with, you know, students almost drowning in crazy ice elevators, they would have been fucked if it hadn't been for Bakugo. Um, and, like, his quick... He, obviously, he made a poor decision in exploding, you know, the very vulnerable sort of structure with all the water coming in. But at the same time, like, his decision to get to put the power on was really good. Um, and his plan to get... Todoroki to safety while something out of a cartoon, it worked within the logic of this particular episode. So he did a really good job. And now he has his most challenging situation in front of him, which is allowing Deku to like help him hobble up to the surface. Yeah, which they do do. Yep. And then we get a shot of Eraserhead being pleased as punch and talking about how He's, he's going to keep putting walls in front of them to climb over because plus ultra and then the episode's over. Yeah. Like we have a cute little scene of like a shot, I should say, of Ochako like floating Bakugo and Deku probably, to, you know, sort of try to help him out since he's so injured. And then like Bakugo like, you know, not appreciating it. And I do think like Eraserhead's little comments is, is kind of. Or look, I should say, is kind of amusing. Because I'm like, I mean, I guess that's the expression you wear when you don't drown your entire class. You always had some bad press lately. You know what would be really (laughs) bad press? Drowning a class. Drowning a class of students when you weren't under attack by villains. Yep. If it was just a survival training. Oh, God. The the headlines just write themselves. (laughs) But that's our second OVA. What did you think about this episode? I had a lot of fun. As mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it is uh, silly at times. It is very fan servicey at times, but it is really nice to be able to spend more time with these characters. And it's also nice to see, on one hand, you get the interactions that you really like to see between these characters. Like you had that really romancing moment last episode between Deku and Ochako. In this moment, you got to see Bakugo save Kurishima. And you got to see, like, the rivalry between sort of the main three power types of the show sort of reemphasize. But you also got to see nice moments between characters that we don't normally get to see interact because they are not the main focus of the show. So, like, Momo and Tenya, for example, which I think are characters that have a lot in common in a lot of ways, but we don't really ever get to see that explored. The two rich kids. Yeah, they're the the two rich kids that are really uptight. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like, there's... It was, I had a good time. Like, even though we kind of made fun of some things about it, I think still think it was worth our time yeah, watching. It's it's the equivalent of a good popcorn movie. Yeah. You, you show up and there's spectacle and, like, it's fun. And you if you don't think about it too hard, you just get to enjoy it and yeah. then it's done. Yeah. Uh, and that's what this was. But that's way better than some of the other OVAs that they've done. Or just, like, anime in general when they do these sort of little filler episodes and filler arcs. I understand that there's not a lot that they can do as far as impacting the overall plot, but those sometimes some other shows like they give you episodes where nothing happens and you don't care about it. Like in this episode, arguably nothing happened, but you did care about it. Yeah, the stakes felt real. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a good episode of yeah. anime. Who gets the plus ultra character of the week? I feel like you have three choices. Yes. 
Deku, Bakugo, and Todoroki, I guess, are our sort of nominees. I'm actually going to give it to Bakugo. Because, you know, for all the complaining we did about him, he was instrumental in everyone surviving the situation. And he was able to sort of swallow his pride at the end and accept help. So, there we go. It's true. He did a good job. His plan was a little flawed, but... To think of something like that on the fly and be mm-hmm. like, this is our fastest way out. And like, I think we can execute it and doing reasonably good at executing it despite some setbacks. I think that's really good. Also, his dedication to finishing the exercise and understanding that if it was a real person, they mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to just be like, oh, I guess we're not going to save you. then." Mm-hmm. And getting the emergency power on over the course of two episodes I think Bakugo earns this week's accolade. Oh, yeah. For sure. I feel like because of his decisions here, like, everyone got an A on this. Good job, Bakugo. And I mean, how would Eraserhead even know, right? Like, Mm -hmm. no GoPro footage. Yep. But that's the episode. Just a couple things here in the the final wrap-up. Thank you, as always, for listening. A big thank you as well, obviously, to Richard Acosta for opening and ending credits. A super big thank you to Nancy for re-recording this episode with me after we realized that my tired ass made the last one hot garbage. And we are going to be doing the movie. Yes. Movie two. Uh, my Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. The second movie, we will be watching that and providing commentary next time. We'll be answering some questions about yeah. the film. Uh, because Five-minute recap is the goal. Yeah. And then discussion about the content of the movie. Yeah, we're not going to give you an hour and a half long episode. Um, we're not going to, so we're not going to have the, the the large amount of recap that we have for these, you know, single episode ones because then the podcast episode would be way too long and no one would want to listen to that. That is correct. We are going to do the movie and then we're going to be taking a bit of a break. So just for full transparency. Life has been a little crazy mm-hmm. uh, recently for both of us. There's been a lot of stress. I just took a new promotion at work. Nancy's publishing a book. Here's some what she's always doing, but there's a lot to do to get prepped for that, meeting timelines and stuff like that. Nobody wants to release their book late. Uh, and we collectively could just use a breather. Mm-hmm. So we are going to take an extended break. We don't know for how long. This isn't maybe as I'm sure none of you are thrilled, but it's not as bad as it sounds. We knew that we were going to run into season six um, on our current schedule. So giving us uh, ourselves a little bit of breathing room to just decompress and let life even out a little bit uh, is actually helpful to us from a programming standpoint, because we're going to have to take a break at some point, no matter what. Yeah, it's one of the realities of doing a rewatched podcast for a show that is still airing. You know, they don't put out episodes of the show as fast as they do, you know, Baruto or something like that. Baruto! Uh, so eventually you are going to run into a situation where your rewatch podcast becomes a, like a recap podcast, a first time through podcast, which isn't really what we want to do. Um, so as a result, we're going to have to take a break. Yeah, we realized, just counting out the calendar a little bit, that we were going to be basically starting season six while season six was probably still airing or just ending. And that felt a little too soon, uh, honestly, for us to give it an initial watch and then do it again. Yeah. Um, Particularly because season five uh, is pretty dark. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't start off that way. Um, You know, the first half is, you know, pretty much what you'd expect from the show. 
But as the show, as it progresses, it gets to some really dark territory by the end. I suspect that season six is also going to be a little bit dark. Yeah, it feels that way. And I'm not sure that I'm ready for episodes twice quickly on the level of... Uh, so should we should we take that out? We did. We, we <laughs> that, talked about that's a spoiler, but we told people in that episode we were talking about season five. You're gonna show me how to do a beeping noise, so I can take that out. <laughs> yeah. So you will not see us for a little bit after the movie. Uh, we will still be on Twitter and around on our our personal feeds for mm-hmm. now. Elon Musk might have something to say about that, depending on how things go. Oh God, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> but. For now, uh, you can find us online. We will be back at some point. And thank you sincerely for all the support you've shown us over the years as we've made this podcast. Our numbers are extremely regular and consistent. And we are so appreciative for that, even in our very small corner of the internet. Yeah, we're definitely never going to be the type of show that brings in the big numbers or anything like that. But I am actually perfectly content with that. I think that our audience is great, um, and I am happy to see you guys show up every week. So with that, we are going to take our leave so that this episode can be edited before it needs to go up. Mm -hmm. And we will see you next time. See you then.